Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. Uh, for those of you who are brand new to The Pleasure Zone, uh, you might have heard a little bit in the intro about what we talk about. We talk about bodies and pleasure and how to have more of that in this embodiment because that's fun, right? If we're not choosing that, what the heck are we choosing? So um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a body worker. I work with bodies to create more ease in bodies. I also do a lot of energy work and other fun and wonderful things um, with bodies that would be considered the alternative uh, sort of end of healing, uh, the healing spectrum. So, um, and for those of you who have never heard of me um, before, welcome to the show. Um, it's always interesting having new listeners on, and, and every show is different, especially with every guest. So it is uh, very, today actually I have guests on that um, probably have never even listened to the show, which is cool. Um, and a lot of, although a lot of uh, the people who do come on um, have listened or have been on shows on A to Z, so they're kind of familiar with us. So I want to welcome Christine and Ryan to the show. And for Thank you very much. You wondering, you're welcome. For those of you who are wondering, who are these guests and what are they doing on the show? Um, I actually invited Christine and Ryan on um, because they, they're like an inspirational couple to me. So um, I first met Christine and Ryan, I think, like four or five years ago. I can't remember, but it's been a few years. Um, and one of the things that I noticed about them as a couple was um, just like the crazy desire to keep choosing each other, like under every and any circumstance, which is pretty amazing because most people don't and they give up pretty darn easy. So why I say that is um, they actually kind of inspired, they totally inspired this show because I have not had any conversations with people who are paraplegics on this show yet or anybody who's a lover of a paraplegic. So I'm like super excited to talk to you guys about what is possible for for um, for everyone and anyone you know who have use of the legs or no use of the legs. I guess this is like kind of an uh, like an odd conversation because you don't hear this conversation very often. I don't know. No, if you, you certainly don't. I did into this. No. Um, yeah. So, do you have like in your lives? So, um, I'll let you guys tell your story because you'll tell it better than I do. Um, about how you met and what kind of went down. I, I know your story, but I think when the, when the audience hears it from you guys, they'll kind of be more endeared to you. So let's tell the story. Yeah, so, um, well, it's about seven years ago now that uh, Ryan and I met. We met through a friend, um, and, yeah, we pretty much hit it off right off the bat. Um, after our first date, we were pretty much attached at the hip from then on. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, the first couple of years of our, our sort of dating and relationship history was was fairly normal, um, and we ended up uh, uh, 
you were you were right. It was about four four and a half years ago, I think, when we first met, and uh, <clears throat> Ryan and I had just previously to us meeting, um, we had uh, moved to BC, and um, we had been in BC for about a year, and um, we had been uh, unfortunately on our way home from um, a weekend visit with our friends, and somewhere along the way. Um, Bad luck happened, and we were involved in a car accident. It was a single vehicle rollover, just a, a bad luck situation. Clipped the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. And uh, Ryan was the driver, and I was the passenger. And um, so I was ejected from the passenger seat, and that's where I sustained the, the spinal cord injury. Um, so we actually had to be um, medical evacuated to uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Um, so pretty much I don't remember anything before the accident and, uh, I pretty much woke up in Alberta and, um, thank God Ryan was there and, uh, he was luckily not hurt whatsoever. So, uh, uh, physically not hurt. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then that sort of began the, the difficulty of sort of learning to navigate our relationship after sustaining life-changing catastrophic injury and um, I was very fortunate because I always said but it was never more true than at that moment that Ryan's always been my my rock so um, during a time when you first hear that you're you're never going to be able to walk again um, and you're you know hundreds of kilometers away from your family and your friends and everything other than Ryan that's important to me um, is it was a very difficult uh a very difficult time um and he was very unwavering in his commitment to me um even though at times when i was still in icu um i remember coming to and telling him basically giving him permission to to go that this wasn't a fight that he had to fight anymore and i loved him enough to let him go um and oddly enough uh my number one concern at the moment was um, whether or not I'd be able to have children because I know that Ryan was a born-to-be father. So um, my initial fear wasn't even to do so much with the, with being able to walk again. It was whether or not I could, if I could participate in his life and give him that kind of um, family that he wanted and that I wanted to. Um, so obviously it was a very, very difficult and emotionally tumultuous time. Um, but like I said, he was pretty uh, firm in standing uh, beside me. After you gave me permission to leave, as you so put it, what did I do? I went to the gift shop and I put a ring on your finger as a placeholder. Yes, that's <laughs> also true. <laughs> so I said, that's the answer. That, that, that's how I'm going to uh, address that right there. And it worked. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. When I do remember meeting you guys and your desire was to have kids. Um yeah, and I, I remember you being told that, like, you know, by regular doctors, it's not going to happen, right? So you guys kind of, like, surrendered, and then I remember the call you gave my mom to say, oh, my God, guess what? We're pregnant. And it was like, what? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a very, a very cool. uh, high fives around it was an amazing surprise. <laughs> so it's <was> very cool. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so um, when I think of uh, our our desire to have kids and how that surprise was, um, well, it was a surprise. Um, your mom played a very important role in all that and uh, really helped facilitate all of those um, 
amazing things that came after. Pretty darn cool. So, Ryan, I have a question for you. I mean, um, and I hope I hope you guys don't mind me getting like kind of down and dirty on these questions, but um, that's what we're here for, kind of like get down to the nitty-gritty, because I think there's a lot of questions that a lot of people have um, that they just repress around, especially around um, stuff with, with people who maybe are paraplegic or quadriplegic, but as um, being that your lover is in a wheelchair, like what was your, like did you ever for one second in your life go, well, I'm never going to be able to have sex again. Like, I'm choosing this woman, and she has no feeling. Like, what? Like, kind of what went on in your world, or did that not even like come into your universe? Yeah, to be quite honest with you, it's it's I, I, like <clears throat> it's simple to me. Um, that's not to say it would be you know anybody else, but because of uh, where we were relationship-wise, it was just that. Even even the idea of having kids, even though it was something I've always you know that was like my my pretty much goal in life was to be a father, but that really wasn't the issue. It was like, you know, it's one stage at a time, and it was just, we're just going to get through this and, and see where life takes us, you know what I mean? And anything other than just making sure that she's okay mentally and that we survive it together, that's really the, all that mattered at the time, you know, and everything else was pretty much secondary. Which is pretty darn cool because I would say that there are a lot of people out there who would have um, maybe made that primary, you know, and would have went, well, this is it. Like, this is what we were, and now we're not that right now, so I'm out of here. Like, so many other people with less character or kindness or caring would have walked away, right? So, like, kudos to you. Like, every time I think about you guys, I get serious because there's, like, there's just such an amazing kindness, like, such an amazing caring that... Um, I think is lacking on this planet. So I love I love your story, and I'm so glad that you guys are on to talk about it. Um, and I just I I love where you guys are at. Like even when I was seeing you recently, and you're like, we're on to baby number two. Let's see what we can do. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. on building and growing. What else is possible? Like you're not letting like you're not letting squat stop you, which is amazing. Like it's very very cool. So well, thank you. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Is uh, just uh, it. it it's one of those things that when your life changes so quickly like that, you know, you, it's, you just, you just gotta push forward, you know, and, and it, it, it's that cliche kind of thing that, you know, will, it really shows you what's important. Well, it's, it couldn't be more true when you've actually gone through that. When you see how quickly things can change and potentially be taken away, it's like, all right, now you know, the little things so much become that much more important, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have a few other funny and strange questions for you guys. So this is for you, Christine. So before you were before you were in the wheelchair, um, like, did you ever notice like people would kind of look at you and flirt with you? And like, did you get a different vibe from people before the wheelchair and then after the wheelchair? Like, do people give you a different kind of like attitude oh. in a way? Because I've wondered, like, do I've noticed that. Like, I've watched people on the street, and sometimes I just people watch, and I'm like, wow, that person in a wheelchair just got completely ignored as if they don't exist. Like, absolutely. Like, their sexualness is gone, but it's not, right? So can you speak to that a little? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was just like, well, I still am young, but uh, I was younger prior prior to the accident, so I was about, 
um, 24 when the accident happened. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people would flirt and things like that, and you would notice that you would get noticed. And, I mean, not even just from, you know, members of the opposite sex or anything like that. It's just in general, people acknowledged you. And um, that definitely changed drastically now that I live my life in a wheelchair. Um, And it's, first of all, it's very common for people to kind of avert their gaze because they don't want to, you know, address the elephant in the room that is my disability or my wheelchair. Um, And then when you add into the question the whole sexual element, it's, yeah, it's it's almost as though the, the chair negates my sexuality or my sexual identity whatsoever. Yeah, I've often, like, noticed that, like, just as an observation, and I'm like, wow, how, like, fucking insulting. We can swear, you know, we just don't do it a lot, but um, <laughs> my, my mom has another client that comes to her, and she's fairly young, and she doesn't have a lot of um, verbal skills, otherwise I would have had her join us tonight, too. Um, she's had some stuff going on, but she's also in a wheelchair, and she's very sexual being, and I tease her constantly about, like, vibrators and sex and stuff, and she laughs. Like, she's just, like, it's hilarious to her because it's true. Like, she's a very sexual person, but most people don't see it. They see a wheelchair, so they don't see anything um, sexual at all. And and I'm wondering, Ryan, like, from your perspective as, as um, you know, the husband, like, do you like do you ever feel that like judgment coming at you as like or it could even be like kudos to you like kind of like the opposite it's almost like a mixed up compliment like kudos to you for being with the person in the wheelchair like do you know what i mean like there's some kind of like weird like it's not christine it's not like you're choosing to be with christine you're choosing kudos to you for being with the person in the wheelchair you know what i mean like is there oh absolutely we 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 get that a lot actually i've said i've said it many times that it's it's not the kind of thing you can say to somebody because usually it's them, you know, trying to be nice, but they don't really get that it's somewhat... It's actually a big insult. In a way, yeah, you know, because, like, um, I had a way to explain it before, um, but I don't know, it's like when like when people will say something like that to me, like, oh, or give me, you know, um, credit for not leaving, you know, for, for staying, and, and like... To me, that you just do what's natural and what comes right. And like I, it would have been, I would, I should have been looked down upon for leaving. But it's like instead, people give me praise for not. And I, I think that's it kind of, it shouldn't really be that way. But I know it's not. They're not trying to be rude or anything. It's just like you, like you said, they don't really realize what they're saying. So you're like, okay, you just kind of go, okay, thank you. You know what I mean? But really, it's still you, you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's still in a way like it's still hugely judgmental. <laughs> And and it's so real, like I, it's so so it's so real, and I just see it being so more real. Like all of a sudden, there's maybe a walker present or a wheelchair present. Like like even going into places where people are being rehabilitated, for example, and there's walkers and wheelchairs, but like all of these people are not being seen as like the whole being. They're being seen as their their so-called disability, right? Like. Yeah. So what, uh, what this, what, what the kind of purpose of this show to me was, was to get people to stop, um, st- 
stop freaking doing that. Like, stop looking at somebody in a wheel or not looking at people in wheelchairs because of what their own guilt or their own, whatever it is that's coming up in their world where where they're just like turned and they can't acknowledge the being the person who's there in front of them. Like, so. Kind of well, here's the, I mean, here's the thing. I see it right in our in our world where it's a, we're a visual species, right? So unfortunately, that's a pretty hard thing to stop, right? People are going to see the chair first, you know. Um, so that is what it is. But uh, obviously, trying to change that would be great. But Christine, what's probably one of the most amazing things about her after um, the accident is that, and we've talked about this before, especially with like we just met new neighbors moved in at the cottage, and you know, right instantly when they start talking to her. She's the type of person that you forget about the chair because she's no longer the girl in the chair. She's Christine, who, oh, happens to be in a wheelchair. And she's a prime example of that. You know, like I know, unfortunately, there's cases where people get, you know, brain injuries and stuff like that, and there's a whole lot more that goes with it. And But it's just your legs, and everything else is fantastic. And in minutes, you forget that because she doesn't seem like she doesn't fit that that stigma that you know that um the paralyzed girl you know what i mean so yeah. it's really nice that she can just talk to you in five seconds and like i said if if unless you're looking at if she's in a chair or behind the counter you wouldn't you know if she's in a chair you wouldn't that that mentality just wouldn't even be there you know and it's exactly. it's that's that's one thing that i've really credited her with is that you know if somebody ever had a not issues but like didn't maybe didn't know how to take a paralyzed person, I've been around one, you know what I mean, that kind of thing, and we're kind of leery, you know, didn't, just didn't want to go there. Meet Christine, and you'll be like, wow, these people are normal. <laughs> yeah, you just have a really cool vehicle to get around in. So. Exactly. She's zippy, too. She's fast. And quiet and yeah. sneaky. <laughs> it's hard to shop her sometimes, though, because she's she's shorter, so i got to get her a little flag for her wheelchair sometimes because I can't see her getting all the sales. Gets you, kicks you in the ass from behind. Straight. You're like, how did you do that? How did you kick me? Didn't know that book was. It's all your ninja tricks. I get it. <laughs> she can really move those legs, Ryan. It's all just trickery. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my secrets. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, um, we're gonna head to break, guys. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little. We're gonna talk some naughty stuff just for the hell of it, because we can, because it's the pleasure zone. So get <laughs> ready good. for that. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone Radio Show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question. 
and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada, 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com now, back to the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and I almost forgot my name for a second. How cool is that? And, um, tonight's topic is sex on wheels. It's not like speeding down the highway in your Camaro kind of sex on wheels. We're talking about sex with um, wheelchair, like people who are paraplegics, who are in wheelchairs, that kind of sex on wheels, because you know what? This conversation, I don't think I've ever heard anybody have this conversation, not even Oprah, for crying out loud, so we're having it. And um, my curiosity, um, oh, maybe she did, maybe with Christopher Reeves. I have no idea, but whatever, I didn't watch that one, I don't think. So, um, Christine, with mm-hmm. your with the injuries to your body, um, when... So your lower torso, basically from your your like rib cage or your lower like lower back down, um, is there? Do you actually have sensation in your legs? Like if somebody pokes your leg, do you do you have a sensation there? Um, not not like you would. Um, so the best way I can describe it, and the best way it's been described to me, is like if you tickle my skin on anywhere below, basically where where your bra rests basically where your bra strap would be down, I wouldn't feel it. Um, but the closer to the area of injury, um, the more sensation I have, although it's not normal. Like um, if you were to tickle my skin on my belly or on my thighs, I wouldn't feel it. But if you poked my belly or, you know, somebody punched me in the thigh or something like that, I would feel it. It's really, it's been described to me as a deep tissue sensory. So you can, okay. it's it's almost like vibrations in your bones is how I've explained it to people. It's it's really, it's got to be like a, a good impact to feel it. Um, but outside of that, any gentle kind of touches or anything like that, I wouldn't have any sensation of. That just gave me a lot of information, the deep impact. <laughs> you can <laughs> tell me you might be a thruster. <laughs> That was before the accident, though, not after. <laughs> Giving a good like a porn star because he's got to get deep in, so I get it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I was wondering. Like, do, so, um, so because you've had a child, like, did you actually have contractions? Like, did you feel those? Because they're usually pretty deep. I felt some contractions. Um, my they to avoid any complications. Um, they did a planned C-section for three weeks before my daughter's due date. Um, but I was 
uh, I did have contractions prior to the false contractions, not like real labor contractions. Um, so I did notice that actually one time I was concerned about it because I was noticing the contractions. So we ended up, we drove all the way from Havelock into the hospital because I was worried that maybe I was going into early labor, but they said, no, this is normal, but it's also a good sign that, um, I could feel that. And if I did happen to go into early labor, I would notice because the biggest concern was that if I was to try and do it naturally, would I know that labor was commencing or would I just have no sensation? And um, the other thing about my injury level, which is T6, um, so which is basically, as I said, it's the upper middle of your back. Um, mm -hmm. And it's that's kind of like the cutoff line. So sometimes you can feel some of those sensations a bit lower. Um, if you have an injury any higher up than T6, and like up towards your neck and things like that, you, you would have no question. You just wouldn't feel it. But mine happens to be in like the little fun gray zone. So the doctors and the specialists really, they weren't sure. So that's why we went ahead and planned the C-section um, ahead of time, although I could feel some contractions. Very cool. Like most of my contractions for Ziva were in my legs, so um, that I just wondered because that would have kind of been an interesting experience to have like sensation that kind of intensity in your leg again. Your leg. There was there was a lot involved in the in the pregnancy that like I, not that I've ever been through one, but just oh, you yeah. know more than you. <laughs> yeah. Was that? Yeah, not in this lifetime, right? So. No, no, that's right. <laughs> but you could you could do a whole hour, two hours just on pregnancy and. Uh, and paraplegia. Let me tell you, that there's so much to that, way more than I guess you would. Have. But we, you don't know what to expect. I mean, it's not like you, one day in your life you go, "I wonder if I'm gonna, you know, have a baby with a paralyzed girl." It just doesn't happen. And you're in it, and it's like, "Holy cow!" There's so much to it. You know, you learn a lot. I'll tell you that. It's different, right? So, was your pelvis also like damaged? Like, was it crushed at all? No, um, my my injuries. I um, sustained some fractured ribs, and um, the majority of the the serious damage was done to my spine. So it was a lot of compression fractures, like as though imagine landing on your on your butt really hard, and yeah. that that force that jams all of your vertebrae together and causes that's that's what the majority of the damage was caused by. Um, and then other than that, I broke my femur. Um, but other than that, I mean. I was I was doing pretty good other than, you know, the spinal cord thing. <laughs> so essentially like your pelvis was like able to like move pretty well and, and adjust to the baby growing and stuff like that, I guess, or did they monitor that a lot? Um, they didn't monitor my like my pelvis or anything as much. They definitely they monitored the whole pregnancy, like I was under a microscope pretty much the whole time. Um and I had to go see you know, eight different specialists for eight different things all related to, um, you know, just the, it was, it wasn't, the concern for the doctors wasn't about the health of the baby. It was always about my health. And if something went wrong, it would be with me. Um, the baby would be, you know, it was pretty sure that the baby would be fine, but if there were complications, it would be with me. So they did monitor me, but not specifically for things like that. But I can, I can definitely tell you my, my hips, they adjusted to the baby, so <laughs> they're a bit bigger than they used to be. That's cool. Mine are too. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all, we're part of the club now. That's right. My butt grew two inches in the last year, and I'm not even pregnant. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
all fun and games until somebody loses an eye from their ass growing. <laughs> so, um, so Ryan, I got a personal question for you, and I'm okay. just wondering, like, what? So, like, because you were with Christine before the injury, and you've been with her since, is there anything, like, from your perspective um, as a lover, like? Is sex different for you, or is it essentially like the sensations are the same, or is it different because of of the injuries? Has anything changed? Well, see, we've had this conversation too, uh, me and Christine, obviously, um, a lot of times after a few glasses of wine. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, that's kind of a difficult thing to. It's not difficult to answer. It's just it's it's odd because to say no, it's not any different. Well, that's kind of a dumb thing to say because she could move her legs before and now she can't. So obviously it's different. Um, but it's not different in a bad way. It's not different in a strange way. It's just it's just different because for obvious reasons. She could move her legs and now she can't. Um, but I think, fortunately for us, I think because we're so connected um, that it didn't really make it any different. There is a difference, but it's not any different, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's all the same to me. You know, like, we we, we got to go about doing it a dip, bit of a different way. You know, dip, different style now. But, uh, I mean, the connection is really what makes it good to me. <laughs> so, and that's, if anything, stronger post. So, you know, I, I, it's fantastic. <laughs> Maybe you don't have her like sticking her leg up, up behind her head. Like I can't do that anyway. But there isn't any of that kind of. Christine, you're not doing any like yoga with your body and like doing those crazy contortions, right? Although you wouldn't. Well, you, you would be surprised. Yeah. You, I, well, honestly. Instead of her doing it, I just do it now for her. <laughs> well, honestly, in a practical <laughs> sense, my my flexibility is important to just like day-to-day life like getting socks on or you know i've got a short upper i've got a short all like my body's short but my arms are short my upper body's especially short so um i've always had to be very very nimble and uh very flexible and so that actually helped the transition um into you know into the bedroom and things like that just learning day-to-day life in a, in a wheelchair and uh how that you know, translates like I said into the bedroom, and uh, or whatever room you want to do it in. But um, and I'm really strong, so that helps. I know. I've watched you like lift her up, and I'm like, oh, damn, my husband can't lift me up. I don't think I have enough to do this. Like, well, get a chair. I'm like that looks like they could be having some fun because you just lift her like a feather here and there, boom, boom. I'm like. I'm like, my mind is kind of going like, wow, he could probably put her up against the wall. There's like action going on in my head. I'm like, you'd be surprised. I wouldn't be, actually. Actually, there's probably the one person I know that might not be. I'd be like, fuck yeah, good good for you guys up against the wall. What other toys do you have? Tell me about your older friends. I need to know all of it. <laughs> I was like imagining. I'm like, oh yeah, they must have a sex swing for sure because it would be like way easier to put Christine in a sex swing, and then it's just like I've got an imagination, guys, and it was like going wild into your like sex. <laughs> they probably got more toys than me. They probably got more things hanging from the ceiling than me. You guys are having more fun in your in my mind than, than probably I am right now, but that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I had I I enjoyed I enjoyed that guided tour through your mind. Awesome. 
So, Ryan, if you guys don't have a sex swing, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Christmas is coming, just saying. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> and they can be installed if you don't know how my husband can come install it for you. I'll have to uh, build a dungeon downstairs first, and then we'll, uh, we'll put some stuff in there. <laughs> That's right. For sure, right? Because I just think it's cool. Like, if if you actually, are, you know, if your legs are not in pain being moved in different directions, like, the positions you could come up with are just, like, probably really freaking cool. So as much as, like, people probably go to the limitations of, like, your body can't do this and it can't do that. But then it's also like, well, your body can actually probably do things that other bodies can't do because they'd be like, ow, that hurts. But your body's like, hey, yeah, do it. It works. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's cool. It is. It is. (laughs) So I I guarantee you, all these guys who are listening to this show tonight, now and in the future, because there's a lot of people who listen later on to the download podcast, they're probably going, no, I bet you they're going to see women in wheelchairs and their imaginations are going to, like, fly. It's, this is, you know, how fun would it be if now there's, like, imaginations flying? Like, you know, you'll be going through Peterborough at the mall and guys will be like, oh, yeah, her. I can imagine hanging from the ceiling, this and that. Like, instead of looking at, like, trying to avoid eye contact, they'll probably be fantasizing. It'll be awesome. Changing the world. Well, day. now... Whether they're actually fantasizing or not, I'm going to assume now when I go downtown Peterborough, that's what everybody's thinking. <laughs> right, and they just can't look at you because they're like, oh, my God, i got ideas in my head. I don't know what to do with myself. Because they're just too turned on. That's awesome. <laughs> too fun. I, I've, like, I... I think it's funny, like, that people would, I I just think it's funny that people negate that, like, from a person's body, even, like, when people negate it from somebody who's, like, 90, like, I, I uh, worked on this couple, and he was, like, 93, and she was, like, 89, and he's, like, this handsome 93-year-old, I'm, like, god damn, you are, like, one sexy dude, but most people would look at him and go, oh, he's like 93. I'm like, oh, man, that guy's like, what a sexy dude. I think people miss, like, so much of, the, like, how, like, truly sexy people are, like, how sexy yep. them as the being is, and, like, when they can see it, uh, just, like, makes the world so much more fun to be in rather than, like, the avoiding of eye contact or any of that garbage that goes on. So for all of you listening, I challenge every single one of you the next time you see a person in a wheelchair to have a fantasy about how much fun it would be to have sex with them. I dare you. I love that challenge. And I'll probably see you next, so there you go. How fun. That's, uh, well, I hope you tell me about it. I will. And then, Christine, we did this, and then we did this, and we're like, wow, I can't believe I'm telling you this. It'd be awesome. So, well, I expect nothing less now. Awesome. And, and Ryan, how great will it be to just, like, know that, you know, all the men walking around are, you know, fantasizing about you. Men and women are fantasizing about your wife. How fun is that? They probably already are, well, but now we're just going to make it really obvious. So, cause, cause let me tell you, she she may not see it, but I already see a lot of it. Oh, I believe it. So I'd like to hear Trust me. I see, I see the guys and their looks, and I know what those looks are. Because <laughs> you get them, too. I know exactly what they are. <laughs> What could she do? Oh, I could stand here, and then my mm, is right in her face, and I'm, I'm sure they've got guys. I had like ideas, man. I'm like, oh yeah, she's like at the Christine's at like the perfect height for for Ryan to get blowjobs. It's like the perfect like 
man, you guys set it up good. Yeah, he's pointed. He's also pointed that out to me, actually. <laughs> like, I just pointed it at you? Oh, pointed it out to you, I think. Point, yeah, he totally pointed it at her. And she was like, I'll take that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, joys of being right at crotch level, eye level. Oh, my God. got to be. I'm kind of like, damn, that's kind of fun, actually. I might borrow your chair for a day just for the hell of it. It puts the world in a whole new perspective. It would, right? Like, you're always at crotchless. Fuck, that actually sounds kind of fun. But I'm not yeah. using it right now, but it's still kind of, like, fun to, like, think, like, you... And you can kind of decipher, like, real bulge, fake bulge, real bulge, fake bulge. Like, oh, trust me. <laughs> I, was never, I was never an ass person before, but I definitely am now. Oh, my God, that's funny. Well, because you're right at the right level. It's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> And the thing is, the beauty of it is you could just, like, go, oh, I don't know, I didn't grab your ass. I'm a paraplegic. I don't do those. Yeah. Then you can play the card when it's appropriate. Oh, my gosh. We're working it to to the max. I love it. That is too fun. Oh, my God. Um, I do have a a question physiologically. Like, I know you're in a chair, but you're not in it all the time, but... Um, so does that like a, like you know I've heard people get like sores and stuff from sitting and that sort of thing. So does that has that affected you? In have you ever had that happen, or has it affected you at all? Like to have uh, sores on your legs or your bum or anything like or your back from sitting? Um, oddly enough, I've I I do I actually have sore right now. It's been a pain. Not in my butt. It's been a pain in my ankle. It's on my ankle, but it's it's a similar kind of it's a pressure sore wound. But I've had it for just over a year and a half now. Um, I've never had one from sitting. This was like a totally unrelated issue. But uh, yeah, she's she's very active. Um, it's just another part of the world that people don't understand. Neither did we until we needed to. But that's only from people who are extremely inactive. Now we say, well, you're in a chair. You're sitting in the chair. Of course, that's where you, you know what I mean. But by that I mean like you don't move a lot. Don't, even just moving around the house in your chair, shifting your butt, getting onto the couch, getting off the bed. When you change those pressure points, that's okay. when you avoid that. But when you keep the pressure in one spot, i.e. a pressure sore, that's where they come about. So I'm not calling people who get them lazy, but it's from not moving a lot. Even just shifting, you know, stuff like that. So when she's super active like that, she's always on the go. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> I've noticed, and like Oliver. So, for those of you who don't follow Christine on Facebook, Christine Connolly, you can go follow her and see how active she is. All the things their kids doing right now. Yeah, yep, yeah. I don't have. A, <laughs> yeah, I don't have much downtime. No. Uh, what's that for? That's for when you're dead, right? So who cares? Exactly. I think that's a lot of a gift too, of like life-changing um, experiences. Is like you really just go like, screw it. I'm truly living every day, like to the max. And if that means sex swings and going to the park every day, that's what I'm doing, right? So yep. Like, yep. Live it to the max. Yep. Exactly. Use what you I'm got while you can. I'm just gonna say sex swing at least six more times in the show to really get Ryan to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> getting one. <laughs> yeah, really drill it into his head. <laughs> That's the plan. I, I, I tell you, I wouldn't mind, except we, you know, if he spent two seconds knowing my daughter, you'd know that she'd own it within five seconds. <laughs> it would be a swing in the house, and we would never get to use it again. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I totally get that. You have to wait till she's older. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I know. 
Or or just build the dungeon with a lock. There's that too. Yeah, the dungeon. The dungeon could totally work. I have no problems with that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, where is it already? Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Brian's down in the basement digging a hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Here, look what I got you for Christmas, darling. Sex dungeon. On that (laughs) note, we're going to head off to break, and we'll come back and talk more nonsensical fun after the break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show, with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Now, that was really funny. This is like 110 episodes in, and this is like, I think my very first episode, I knocked off one of my breaks midway through, and it's been like 109 shows since I've done that, and I just talked during my break. That was awesome. Woo-hoo. Having a fun day. (laughs) I'm just welcoming you guys back. It's the Ryan and Christine show on The Pleasure Zone. We're talking about all kinds of things that are kind of totally taboo um, conversations that people don't seem to be having about people in wheelchairs, paraplegics, people with, even with walkers. But since Christine, is para, uh, her body is paraplegic and she has the, the fun of like rolling around in a wheelchair, we're talking to her um, about her sex life and all things like related to that and how to have... Even for people, say, for example, people who are maybe new to the um, 
maybe they've just sustained an injury and they're uh, in in a wheelchair now, maybe they're paraplegic or quadriplegic or something going on where they're having lack of movement, what kind of advice can you give um, to anybody in that position that kind of get themselves back on track so that they can feel more alive, sexually alive, like feeling alive in relationship, feeling alive in life? Like what are some of the things you would recommend? For both of you, um, either one of you can start. Uh, first thing I'll say is just... Uh, it's easy to say now because we're we're so far along now. You know what I mean. But uh, like, obviously, don't get down on it. Don't work against your injury or your limitations. Work with it because that's really the most important part. Otherwise, you just it, it's just going to keep you down, and you're you're always going to be sad about what you know you can't do instead of what you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I can say is best just work work with it. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, put it like behind your head, right? And then it's all good. Yep, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think the one thing that I, I I think is important, I mean, it depends. Everybody's got different doctors or therapists or whatever um, that they work with. And, you know, use your, you know, your best judgment there. But um, I was fortunate enough that uh, a lot of the different, you know, the, the doctors, my physiatrists, my occupational therapists, specifically my physiotherapists, they were all... Um, really uh, open. Also, I connected with them just like on a personal level really well. Um, And I was able to talk to them and open up about things that I was just just beginning to understand and to to be willing to um, confront, I guess, is the best word myself. Because obviously, you know, after something like this happens to your body, um, your your self-confidence and um, your self-esteem it takes a hit and uh definitely it, it takes a long time and maybe i don't know maybe it never will come back or never be where you want it to be or whatever um it's definitely something that i struggled with before the accident in terms of self confidence and self esteem um it definitely got a little bit worse after the accident but uh i've been able to tap into the resources available to me um and i think that that has been a huge uh, support network for me. Um, And also they've taught me things and um, shared, you know, experiences with me that, uh, you know, had I not been willing to open up to those people, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to to absorb their information and to, you know, absorb other people's experiences and things like that. And I think that was hugely, hugely important for me. And I feel like you're alone in it. Yeah, exactly. Did you did you have anybody who was like you could say was maybe like the most inspirational um of your of like maybe your care staff? Was there like somebody who like told you like a story that just was like the most inspiring? Uh, before you answer that I wanna say first of all I can answer this question for aside from them, it's been both of us. For each other. That's one hundred percent is you know, like when people would say, Oh, you know, you're so strong and you didn't leave and all this I'm like, Yeah, but you have no idea. I wasn't the one being strong. All I have to do is lift things and, and move stuff. You know, I'm hard muscle. It's, that, that's the easy part. She's the one who had to mentally get through this. So, it's, you know, easily for me to say my inspiration was her, and I think vice versa. You know, we had, we had our roles in getting through this. She was the one injured, but we got through it together, and we couldn't have – the inspiration came from each other very, very easily. Anyways, I just thought of that, but obviously back to your team. Yeah, that, 
that that's very true. It's like I said earlier, Ryan's always been my rock, and that's never changed. Um, and we definitely we feed in a positive way off of each other. Um, but specifically talking about you know sort of the, my you know medical rehabilitation resources, um, there my physiotherapist uh, who is in Peterborough, um, she was hands down the most. Um, invaluable asset that I had, especially early on, transitioning from, you know, the accident to rehab to moving back home to Peterborough and continuing my rehabilitation and whatnot. And uh, she... um Plug, her, business. <laughs> well, yeah, she works for uh, Active Living Peterborough. Her name's Julie Manley, and she is honestly the most amazing woman ever. Go see her. She's cool. And, yeah, she really is. She's super. She's fun, and she's awesome. But um, she actually, oddly enough, had started her training um, in Edmonton at the hospital where I was um, evacuated to. So we initially had this interesting connection. But the other interesting thing about her um, and her experience is that she focuses on dealing specifically with spinal cord injuries and um, stroke patients. So that's uh, a big background for her. So she had... um, a lot more experience with people specifically in wheelchairs um, or with spinal cord injuries or with brain injuries, Any, all these different things that, um, I mean, your typical physiotherapist probably deals with, you know, carpal tunnel and sports-related injuries or whatever. Um, definitely the group of people that she tends to work with are a much more specialized group, and I think because of her experience working with different people, obviously she kept confidentiality and whatnot, but she could sort of relay advice that she had sort of garnered from her patients about whatever and you know pass it along to me and um and I'm, I I hope and expect that she does the same with my experiences to anybody else who she encounters and can help them with awesome thank you for that and thank you to her for the work she's doing and um also so I got a couple minutes left um and I just have a one more question maybe two if we can get it in is what is something that you would um, really like people to be aware of when it comes to, um, say, say you are the person um, in the mall that people are looking at or avoiding um, because of the wheelchair, like that's the first thing you're seeing, but what is something you'd like to like encourage people to do so that they or not do or whatever, something that could actually create some change with this so that, you know, everybody's, getting acknowledged and, you know, and they can go home and, and masturbate and think about you and fantasize, like, <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of what kind of energy can people be or choose or, do you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, I think the thing for me is don't be weird about it, and I won't be. <laughs> That's the biggest advice I have to people. Um, <laughs> don't pretend like you don't see the wheelchair. It's, it's not a surprise to me. I know it's there. Um, don't be afraid to ask about it. Like I said, it's not a surprise to me. I know it's there, and if you've got the parts to ask, I've got the parts to answer. So a good example is that's what we love about kids because we get often kids will say, you know, oh, um, what's uh before mom and dad have a chance to say no, no, they'll be like, oh, why are you in a chair? They just come right up with it, and we've always encouraged that, like answer, you know, ask, and 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 she'll tell. That simple. Yeah. Kids are really cute like that. I just think I think it's really fun if the people actually if they do have the like you said the parts to ask you they could have the balls or the <laughs> vagina whatever is stronger in that moment 
Um, that's awesome. And and for those people who who are like uh, you know who maybe are afraid of it, it's like really challenge you to look at like what are you truly afraid of? Like what are you running from? Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, I, own so much of their own stuff that they can't even see you. Yeah, I think it's. I think, and I could be wrong, but at least from somebody that was in a chair or that wasn't in a chair and now is. It's just not a road that I wanted my mind to go down. It's a scary, unknown road, and I think that's, you know, a big part of why people don't want to venture down that path. Do you ever just have a really good laugh with people, and they're like, oh, my God, you're in a wheelchair, and you're like, oh, my God, I am. When did that happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my dad. He brings it up all the time. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. I don't know where it came from. I know. When I told him that I was pregnant, and he's like, but you're in a wheelchair. I'm like, What? <laughs> That's what that is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> when, we, when we first showed pictures of the uh, the um, ultrasound, um, I said I joked with people. I said, "Look, no wheelchair." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was clever. It is clever. I like it. Oh man, I think I'd become so sarcastically funny if I was ever in that position. Like after some, after some major healing, I'd probably be like, "Oh my God, I have a wheelchair! I had no idea what happened." <laughs> people can be so weird about it, right? So, oh yeah, I, oh, you could totally I, f with people too. Yeah, I, I encourage you guys to stop being weirdos and acknowledge people. We, I mean, I think there was even a U.S. president that. For his entire term, he was in wheelchair. I think it was Eisenhower. I'm not positive though, but there Wasn't was. It, it was one of the Roosevelts from polio. Was it a Roosevelt? Yeah, and nobody knew he was in a wheelchair until they started. There was like one film of him that he was actually in a wheelchair, but nobody knew. I only uh, know that because I watched Pearl Harbor. Right, maybe that's where I saw it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, wow! If you didn't know, would you make it a big deal? Like, like you were saying, Ryan, because we've got eyes. It's the first thing we see, but. If we just that wasn't our major thing, how how much differently would we treat people in general if we just could see them for who they are and not not everything else, not their body size, not what their body is in, like because we judge for everything, like chronics, right? It's what this freaking planet revolves around that. Let's change that stuff. So we got five seconds left, and I want to thank you guys for coming on and having this candid conversation about crotches in the face and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body. Body.